Disclaimer, the following boundless pub trap episode contains strong opinions that some listeners may and will find offensive. If you cannot accept or respect others with a differing opinion from yours, then fuck off. Streaming from the Midwest, right in the middle of the U.S., from Omaha, Nebraska, you're listening to the Boundless Pod Track, your entertainment podcast where we touch on all topics, from the crazy and absurd to the sacred and profane, and even the useless and unnecessary. The Boundless Pod Trap knows no bounds. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome, everyone, to your favorite Monday morning activity. It's us. We're the Boundless Pod Trap. I am Lonnie at the reins tonight. I am with my two favorite gentlemen. Jeremy, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. Why does he got to go first? Because he's immediately to my left. We're sitting in alphabetical order. We said two favorite people, and there's actually four of us at the table, so who says you're even the second one? Yeah. Paco, how are you? (laughs) (laughs) I wish. Justin, how are you, bud? Not too bad. Uh, Moist? You can't say that word. Oh. I giggle every time I hear the word moist. I was a I was a optical technician for a while, and like we physically had to use the word moist with people. Like you gonna go, you got wet eyes. <laughs> so it I, was part of my everyday to be like, well, your eyes moisture is fine. I wish they could be a little bit more moist and watch people cringe. I was like, ha ha, best part of my day. I think saying so, telling somebody they have moist eyes is worse than you have like, wet you, eyes. You're like, baby, you got some moisture in your. That's, that's good. Why you don't do that anymore? Ben Stein will be <laughs> fine with that. Yeah. Did you say R.L. Stein? Ben, ben Stein. Stein. Oh. <laughs> it's like, what? But, but we do have a very special guest tonight in our wings. He's not going to be doing much talking, but he'll be doing lots of cringing. It's Michael. He's here with us tonight, too. <laughs> he's not going to do any talking at all. <laughs> Zero talking. He doesn't have a microphone, but he's here in spirit with us tonight. We need supervision. We need adult supervision. We do, Justin. We, not until sure he's qualified. We for snuck the... into his house and set up our gear. <laughs> we're, we're podcasting. He has a lovely incense burning. He does. It smells good. It does. It's but, jasmine. It smells like Ricola. I hope it's not jasmine. Last time I had jasmine anywhere near my body, I broke out in hives and rashes. That's no bueno. It was not. It was right after I got waxed. Oh. Last it, time I had jasmine near my body, the bouncer told me to get away. <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. See, jasmine was a girl who takes off her clothes for money. Does Aladdin know about this? <laughs> she says she really likes you, but she just says it to get more money. Oh. Is that the one with the Adam's apple? <laughs> <laughs> She's cute. <laughs> That's gross. gross. Well, another thing about this episode. I know uh, our last couple episodes we've been getting kind of heavy, talking about a lot of hate in this world. But tonight, no hate. Tonight we're going to have a lot of fun and a lot of love. And since I'm at the helm, I wanted to dedicate this episode to to some people out there that I absolutely love. This episode tonight is dedicated to my 
to my dead girls. This episode tonight is dedicated to all the goth girls of America. So all my traditional goth, my cyber goth, my gothabilly girls, my yeah, yeah. my dead girls, my goth queens, all the girls who turned me down in high school because I had too much acne and I was too skinny. Mm. I remember you, Melissa. But Ooh, what was your last name? I have no idea. You do too. I'm not gonna say it on the podcast. <laughs> have we talked about this? <laughs> the odds of her listening to this. <laughs> She's not Stacy Lubash. So <laughs> no, but this this you is dated Stacy. Anywho, this <laughs> don't this touch my po- sister. This podcast is dedicated to all you. We the three of us, four of us here, love you. We want to support you in any way possible. So this podcast is dedicated to you now now dead boys we we love you too but this is for our girls tonight i do want to take this opportunity to wish a happy belated birthday to our number one fan my sister stacy lubash yeah her birthday was on friday happy, happy birthday, birthday. <laughs> i didn't know we were gonna play jock jams uh, i there was nothing else queued up. It was the last thing that was in the tape. Like, we time. literally went from goth girls to happy birthday to fucking jock jams. And you want to know? <laughs> do you want me to take it to another level? Because I do have one thing in our open topic thing that I kind of want to talk about. Yeah, go for it, buddy. And then you can completely have the reins. But uh, Give it back to him. So my sister's birthday was on Friday. But Friday was also another anniversary of September 11th, 2001, 19 years ago. Way to bring down the mood. Uh, I thought we weren't going there. Well, I mean, I, d- I didn't want to talk necessarily bad about it. I just, you know, you know, to think that that was 19 years ago already yeah, is kind God. of incredible. I was in first period uh, gym class. And that's what I was going to say. Do you guys remember, like, that one country song, Where Were You on That September Day? I stayed home from school sick that day. And I remember it because I was – I obviously, I faked being sick. I just didn't want to go to school. But – I came out of my bedroom, and my mom was still sitting in her chair watching the news, just all color drained out of her face. And I don't this, think it was, was a grace it, period on spankings. So. Right. It was right before the second plane hit the tower when it was still, like, seen as an accident. And I remember standing there by her as the second plane hit the tower when they realized the shit was going down. And it was, like, at that moment that you realized that the country was going to change. But then, like... Over the next 19 years, how many times have we seen the country change? change. We're currently in a change. Um, right after that, I joined. I signed up. I went you? to my second period, and I said, I'm signing up. Did you really? No. I, I, it was like two years later. <laughs> I was so pissed off. The only thing like I get that 9-11 happened, and it affected a lot of people differently. I was so pissed off because I had tickets to go see uh, Knotfest. Paradise. What's that? I was I was excited to go see Knotfest, and it got canceled. And I was like, fucking – and that's when I was super patriotic. I was like, you cancel my shows. You feel my wrath. See, I remember I was, I was in Drumline, which correlated with being in band. I was a band nerd. Um uh, I, yeah, I knew it. I knew it. I saw your finger <laughs> twitching. Uh, but we had been outside practicing on the football field, our competition and stuff like that. 
And when we came in, I played the big bass drum and like we're walking in. I just remember um, the assistant band director was inside, just glued to the TV. And I just remember seeing um, downtown New York with like smoke. And I, I thought like a bomb had gone off or something like that, or there was a gas leak. And I think it was right when we came in was pretty much when the second plane hit. And second period, I worked in the office and I delivered notes to the different classrooms I had a stack of notes so big of notes for kids to tell them, like, you know, your dad's safe. His plane wasn't one of the planes and stuff. And I remember going into classrooms where kids were crying because right. they thought that, you know, it could have been their parents' plane or whatever. Um, so it, it was crazy. And then I remember I was – I only had a half a day. I think I only had, like, four periods. And my, uh, my dad picked me and my best friend up um, – whose name was Michael, not the Michael sitting at the table with us. Uh, he wouldn't have been in high school at that time. I was going to say, he was really held back. <laughs> he, if that he, was... he was going through menopause at that point. <laughs> but we were, jump street. we were in the back of his truck driving home, and I never – I just remembered there was hardly any traffic outside, and it was so silent outside. No air traffic, nothing. It was eerily silent, and – I just remember my buddy stayed at my place, and I had a trampoline out back, and we were just kind of on the trampoline, and I just remember seeing a plane start flying, and I, we both like were just creeped out by it, like what all planes have been grounded. Well, it was Air Force One flew straight over my house, so yeah, very, very eerie, and then I just remember at nighttime too, like that was the only time I can remember in history where every single TV station was live news or it was off air because of the attacks so right. it was whew. the only time during all that where i got somewhat emotional because when i was young i was a i was a very anarchy anarchistic kid like i was i was anarchy to the united states hardcore and the only thing about the whole 9-11 thing that made me somewhat emotional was when hockey came back, it was a New York Rangers versus, I think, the New York Islanders. You might have to explain that for some of our listeners. <laughs> so there's a professional game that's played uh, on ice called hockey. Eh? That a bunch of that a bunch of Canadians brought to the states. Well, anyway, so the Rangers versus the Islanders, both teams out of New York played, and when they had the national anthem, literally the guy singing it was bawling. And the whole entire crowd just took over singing it, every single member of the crowd. The announcers were crying. The players were crying. It just – it hit me then that it's like, well, fuck. Like everything I believed in, like hating the country for and the government for, like how petty I was. It's kind of crazy when something like that happens and then that's when we kind of band together. And right. Like, why do we need something so drastic to – right respect each other well i was a 15 year old kid spraying anarchy signs on the sides of building and then again that's not entirely correct because there was so many people who aren't even of the culture like anybody from middle east like i knew mexicans who were getting you know looked at like you know terrorists like right you fucking serious that's the person who's you know selling orange i can't say that <laughs> how do you think it would if, if 9-11 would have happened now like this if, if it happened this 9-11, this past Friday, how do you think the world would, would react to it nowadays with how things are? 
with Trump in office, I'd, half the people in the United States would probably be like, oh, they're such good people. Give them their rights. Iraqi I, lives matter. I think everybody would – everybody, would, I think, would ignore the fact of, like, the thousands of people that lost their lives. And it would it would be pointing the fingers at Trump or whomever it may be. And The thing is, is that there's people who do that already. Like, there's some people who think the whole thing's just a conspiracy, like it didn't happen. It's like there's no – wreckage or what is it? Are you, did you see the videos well right. there's clearly a plane people talk about how it looked like a controlled uh fire burn implosion, implosion and, yeah. and i've watched videos on that and it's like man, some of the stuff does actually make sense as to where it could have been um like staged and pre-planned and all this stuff but i mean when push comes to shove i don't i don't believe any of that i mean that's just and insane yeah. Changing the subject, yeah. <laughs> talking about detonation. Man, what was that kid's name we watched that video of today? Oh, Ronnie McNutt. Oh, talk about a detonation. Holy fuck. Did you, did you I'm, from the look on your face, Justin, I can imagine Ooh-wee. that. So, Ronnie McNutt was this guy who, on August 31st, um, he committed suicide on Facebook Live. Um, he sh- had a shotgun under his chin and blew his head open and um uh, i stumbled across the video and and it's sorry i did i mean they took it down off of everything but it took it i think facebook had it down immediately but tiktok had it up a little bit longer people were posting it on there Um, i think it's off of those places but enough other sites that specialize in like gore videos have it up there um but yeah, this guy was early 30s, I think 31 or something yeah. like that, 30 or 31. He's a he's a veteran, um, and apparently he had lost his job, and his girlfriend broke up with him, and so he was on Facebook Live, and um, you know it, it, the amount of people like he was in the video was talking about like how he's just going to end his life and stuff, and the amount of people that were trying to reach out, like you can hear like the dings of like his messenger going off. When people call on Facebook, that little ringtone, that was constantly going. And then I'm assuming it was his girlfriend that finally called him. And, you know, he's like, oh, so that's how it's going to be. And then he hangs up the phone. He's like, well, that's it, everybody. And then just blows. The goriest thing I've seen. It's eerie because, um, you know, right when he blows his head off, his phone starts ringing. And it's this really weird song. And then once it stops, I mean, you can just hear the blood trickling on the floor. And, I mean, he's hunched over in a computer chair. He has a dog that comes out in the other room once it heard it. And then the police immediately arrive because people must have been calling to say, somebody needs to get over there. This guy's going to do damage to himself. And very sickening. Um, Long story short, and the reason I bring this up is things might suck. And... Your friend might be having an issue that might not mean anything to you, but that thing might be the worst thing your friend has ever been through in their entire life. Just because it doesn't mean shit to you 
doesn't mean it's not the end of their world. So Better safe than sorry. Right. If I you mean, see somebody struggling, fucking do something. Like, there's hotlines they can call. There's websites they can go to. Just don't be a dickhead. If you see someone struggling, like, fucking make a phone call. Send a Facebook message. Do do something. Do a quick drive-by to make sure they're okay. If someone is fucking struggling, do your fucking humanity's best. Don't Don't let that happen. Like, as people... I know a lot of people don't get along, and we don't like each other, but shit like that shows how much people are weak right now. Like, we used to be strong people, and that's the thing. As a community, we need to be strong, but there's too much making us weak, and that's the product of weakness. I think a lot of people think about talking as a weakness. It's like it doesn't make you weak. You know, it just makes you human. No, exactly. I think in, in a lot of cases, not all cases, but I think a lot of people think that these people that are depressed and putting it out there like they're going to kill themselves, think they're just doing it for attention. Absolutely And, not. you know, there's a possibility that they could be doing it for that, but wouldn't you rather take the precautions, talk to them? And, you know, a lot of times they're going to throw it back in your face like like he was doing in the video too, like when – when people were commenting and he was like reading it, he's like, oh, now all you care and that when you didn't care before and stuff like right. that. I mean, a lot of times they're not they're not going to want to listen to you, but, you know, do what you can, because suicide, unfortunately, is I, I don't know the percentage. I don't have a computer in front of me, but I mean, that's a high percentage of a lot of deaths, especially, especially lately. Our veterans, too. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and. And if you have trouble, there is – like you can call. It's 1-800-273-8255, 1-800-273-8255. It's the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. You can call that, and it's it's a faceless person to you. It's someone you don't know, so you don't have to be so worried about letting your guard down. It's not a friend who's going to make fun of you later. It's not a person that – it's going to lose respect for you. It's someone there to help you. And, and and if you're a person that is struggling with depression and you have the thoughts of suicide, you know, that is never the answer. I mean, it's not going to solve any problem. It's going to create more problems. Think of your loved ones that you're going to leave, leave behind. And I mean, that's the thing. They love you. So when you think that nobody loves you, I guarantee you there's a handful of people out there that love you and care for you. Right. So, um, yeah, we're now we're, we're getting really emotional. Here. Right. <laughs> right. Note. I know. Uh, yeah. And I said this was going to be a fun yeah. episode. Now we're getting yeah. all that out. Now on the golf. Guess what? Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> guess what? I uh, stumbled across in my uh, memory feed. Wasn't my penis, was it? Something was. about unemployed? <laughs> it was. was. We just had the uh, premiere not too long ago. Two, two years, years ago. ago. That was BC. Dang. Before COVID. And, uh, <laughs> uh, wow. Two, that's crazy. Two years ago. Right? I remember those premieres like they were yesterday. They were almost two years ago. Two years, years ago. ago. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That was, that was probably one of the best moments in my life were those premieres. Um, I wasn't there. I didn't know you at the time. I had met you at the time, but I didn't know you. I kind of feel like you didn't care, you know. Yeah. I I didn't. Are you popping mints over there? No, they're they're ex. <laughs> our our listeners can't smell your breath. It's probably best for them. So um, we, we ate a whole bunch of teriyaki beef jerky while we were hanging out today. Yeah, and then I then I had teriyaki express <laughs> tonight Baby. with a bunch of cabbage. Baby shit, it is. Anyway. So. Enough of all this. Let's get on to our first segment of the night. 
We talked about how this night's dedicated to to our our goth sisters. So let's dive into Hollywood and cinema. Some of the some of the goth people that we appreciate the most that that a lot of people don't really talk about or or get into. So, fellas, who who were some of the some of the goth people in cinema and Hollywood and and other forms of media that that you guys appreciate and and like? So it, it, it's hard for me to to classify a human as gothic. I mean, I well, was I was more sort more towards characters. Well, and yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like for me, it's like Winona Ryder's character in Beetlejuice. Son of a B, that was my second one on my list. I was going with like a whole bunch of pretty much Tim Burton as a whole. Yeah, you know. of course. Like somebody for me who is big is the the Soka sisters. And you're both giving me those odd looks. So yeah. they're writers, they're directors. Um, they uh, turn over my notes here. They did uh, American Mary. They did uh, See No Evil Two. They did a segment on ABC's of Death Two, oh, yeah. and they did a show on the Game Show Network called Elevator. I've heard of Elevator. Yeah, never watched. So it. they were they were hands in making that. They're just people who lived the horror. And then gothic lifestyle that don't get nearly the respect they do. Um, Elvira was uh, top yeah, on my le- list. Absolutely, yeah. Um, not Cassandra Peterson, but <laughs> she Elvira. was on my she was on my list too. <laughs> I think a lot uh, of Anne Rice works was online. Interview yeah. with the vampire and all that. Well, pretty much just vampires in general. Edward Scissorhands. That's, what I, that's one I had. Mister Depp. Um, Marilyn Manson. Hex, yeah. The Boulet Brothers. Nine Inch Nails. Typo Negative. <laughs> ah, Christina Ricci for me. Oh, that was a childhood crush. Well, oh, she, dude. I kind of have her as Wednesday Adams. Exactly, so. yeah. <laughs> you know, funny story about Christina Ricci. She is, you know, that list of five uh, that you get, like your your hall pass list. Your acceptables. Yeah, she's number one on my list, just if you're listening, um, which you're not, but... Christina Ricci, you are number one on my list. And it was... She's on my list of women that will reject me. (laughs) (laughs) So eight eight or nine years ago, me and Tracy were in Long Beach, California, and she was 100 yards away with her very large black uh, security guard. And I spot her, and I go, Tracy. She's like, what? I'm like, it's Christina Ricci. And she's like, go for it. I'm like, I'm going to. And then her big security guard stands next to her, who's like double her and double me at the time. So he's only four foot two. <laughs> yeah, he's b- barely pushing five three. And and I was like, oh, she's like, go for it, stud. And I'm like, uh. So yeah, that was my. Did Christina. you? No, fuck no. <laughs> I still have the majority of my teeth. If she really was on your list, you would have done it. Uh, probably. Um. I'm going to add Paige from WWE Wrestling. Ooh, yeah. Um, and she can also be considered in the next list that you told us to do of names. You said porn stars, which we'll get to next. You can, you yeah. can technically uh, put her in that could, yeah. as well. She's um, definitely done that. Neil Gaiman. Neil, oh, Neil Diamond? Fuck you. I hate that man so much. Did you say Neil Diamond? <laughs> Gaiman? Oh. The dreaming yeah. uh, uh, Sandman? Do you know what I hate about <laughs> Neil Gaiman the most? He is responsible for the Necronomicon. And a lot of people don't realize that. Like, something that is in horror lore all over the place. Fucking Neil Gaiman wrote it. He made it up. 
So like Evil Dead, Friday the Thirteenth. He wrote those. No, no, he, he made up the Necronomicon. The oh, reference of like, yeah. I no, he did not write Friday the Thirteenth. No, he but. didn't. But it t- Jeremy's a, um actually um. <laughs> No, uh, but no, he made up the Necronomicon like it's his creation, and it always pisses me off because a lot of stories I love are based around the Necronomicon, and I can't fucking stand Neil Gaiman's writing. Like it's like nails on a chalkboard to me. He was awesome. I really liked the Dreaming series. <laughs> yeah, it was wicked awesome. I don't know those, so it, they're comics. What about uh, like Repo the the Genetic Opera? That was an awesome gothic. Yeah. I can't remember if I saw I think I did see that. It's bloody. You would like it. Yeah. Uh, uh, a girl that used to model for us in Glamour Girls introduced me to that. I think it's very interesting. She's in it. Bull. She's <laughs> not in it. She introduced me to it. She can't sing. Here's here's one that I'm surprised neither of you haven't said. Uh, Fruzabulk. Oh, that, I was going to say her. I got her down. Um, the Craft was an awesome one. I, I kind of assume she was probably one of your top. Is she yeah. up there in your top five? Yeah. She was, like, when I was doing research, too, on this, like, on all the websites I went to, she was, like, number one oh, on every single one of them. And um, to be honest with you, I would have put her on my list, but I didn't know how to pronounce her last name. <laughs> I think it was. So um, I have uh, Allison Reynolds, the character from Breakfast Club that was played by Ali mm. Sheedy. Yeah, good one. I think uh, she was definitely probably one of the first goth people that I remember clearly right. being like of that goth descent. Um uh Robert Smith. Oh yeah, the cure. I was surprised you haven't one of the originals. Actually I believe Bajas was one of the original gothic oh goths, I should say. Yeah. Um Catherine Isabel from Ginger Snaps. Oh yeah. I should just almost watch that too. We should have had a computer up so we can I can look because it's like the names don't do anything for me, but I'm sure faces would definitely. So the the girl who turns into a wolf the in Ginger Snap, sister, the older of the two sisters. I'm kind of drawing a blank, but don't blank out on the podcast. It's <laughs> it's not entertaining. Well, let's switch over to <laughs> let's switch over to our adult film actress. Goth girls. This is a short list for me. I got two. Oh, I have oh. I have two. You already know one page. Yeah, I got Liz Vicious, who you both know. I'm very fond of. Related to Sid Vicious? Uh very not much. No. <laughs> and I got Sasha Gray. Sasha uh-huh. Gray is a good one. Uh, I didn't even think about her. Yeah, she I could. Have... She's an either or as well. She's been in a couple of horror movies as well. She reminds me of a. Horror, or either way you want to pronounce it. <laughs> so, yeah, I guys said uh, there's there's really only one that was on my list. I didn't add Paige to it until after I added her to the other list. But uh, Christy Mack, oh yeah, is probably my favorite. Um, she got I, beat the shit out of by her ex. Was it War really? Machine? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh yeah, she uh, was. She got beat the fuck bad. How, how long ago was that? Oh, probably was it? Yeah, four or five years ago. Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle? <laughs> what? Isn't he War Machine? Well, <laughs> very different. Very, very not as not as tan oh, War Machine. Man. Yeah, no, no. ex UFC fighter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. 
I uh, didn't have any um, adult film actresses because I oh, way shut to, way up. to show up, way to show up for the wife. Shut I don't up. watch any of that, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> if okay. you were, y- you do want to read any off Jeremy's list? His three. Pa- how many pages is that? Well, it's <laughs> it's like how many notebooks? Has <laughs> 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 a lot. Um, just off the top of your head, name one. I got none. Do you want me to read it for you? Yeah. Do you want me to read Michael's list? I know he created a list. <laughs> Where is it? Is oh, here it is. He's got a scroll? There, it's in front of you now. Read it. Uh, Do you really not have any? I don't. I don't. You are so... <laughs> fucking sane over here. This guy. Saint, say, I must have say, missed the memo. Saint know, like, Justin of the prudity. Yeah. Look, my Wi-Fi was blocked, and I couldn't... <laughs> like, I have parental controls. It's for... Uh, for my, for your four-year-old? Kids, and... You know, I'm recovering. That's why we come. <laughs> that's why we come over to Michael's. There is no blockage on anything. Here. <laughs> Unfortunately, you go in the you go in the bathroom. You're like, hey Alexa, <laughs> toilet TV, play PP movies. But I have Kelly. seen over this last week. I have seen what was it? A 32 inch TV on a fucking refrigerator. That is crazy. Um, yeah, they're. The technology on that fridge it was like a 52-inch TV on the refrigerator. There's more going into that than just keeping the stuff cool. <laughs> I, I would, if I had a big TV on my refrigerator, I would invite people over to for movie night, and we would just watch sit on the, the island in the kitchen watching movies on there. I tried to hoist my leg up on the island. I'm still sore from that. Why didn't you? When did you hoist? Are you you're talking about last night? Yeah. Okay. So for those listening, we had a run through for the first short e films uh, movie that I wrote and will be directing called One More Body. We had a the whole cast and crew there last night at the place we we're filming, doing a walkthrough and stuff like that. So um, we had pictures taken by Michael, um, but Lonnie was apparently when were you, when did you jump up on a counter? I I tried for. Yeah, I tried to get up towards on the, the end. He tried to do the uh, Van Damme kitchen counter time cop little thing. It didn't work. Yeah, I could only get one half of leg up on the counter. Yeah. Why was this not being filmed? Because uh, it was a very impromptu. Okay, it's like I'm Lonnie Elder and this is Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys miss that show? No, but not at all. I do. The original, like the the first like season or two, uh, was entertaining. In my in I can't years. I can't do puking, man. Uh, it, it depends. I I think um, there was only one time when they were puking, where I ugh, just talking about it, it's making me want to gag. I think it was in Jackass Three when um, they had that Preston, the heavy set guy. They wrapped him in Saran wrap and were making him do exercise, and they had a t- a funnel that was getting all of his sweat into a cup and then steve-o drank it uh, yeah i uh definitely did not like that at all um bringing it back to some of those goth things bam margera uh, yeah it's kind of goth yeah and, and actually he's a uh, uh supports one of my my favorite bands i guess his infernal majesty uh, him is he is he still around like yeah, I, th- I thought that he was very, like, I mean, I don't mean, like, is he still around, like, still alive. I know he's still alive, but it's like he's still in the public eye. Because I know he got really depressed after his buddy Ryan Dunn. He went to church, and now he's an uh, advocate of 
Jesus and Are you being serious? No. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just I don't know what happened. I am. I know he's done a few things. And see how he's doing. Uh, I know he put on a significant amount of weight. Yeah. I think he's up like a hundred and a half pounds. I know he was like on Doctor Phil or something like that too. Like he was, when he was like rock bottom. I think Doctor Phil was trying to help him, but I haven't heard any updates on him or even like looked. Maybe maybe we'll look at that because he he is in the goth community. Yeah. So let's let's check up on Bam and see how he's doing, Michael. You've got a phone over there. Call him real quick. Look, yeah, call call him. I know he's we'll a little speed a little dial, way. if that's still a thing. Yeah, a few artists that uh, have well, one of my favorite artists. Uh, they do a lot of like sci-fi goth style. Uh, Luis Royo and okay. H.R. Geiger, both awesome uh, goth sci-fi. H.R. Puffin stuff. <laughs> I would be I would be remiss if we didn't bring up. My favorite band, AFI. I was going to say that earlier. Like, yeah, I was trying bring to stick, up Havoc. I was trying to stick just to the ladies since that was who the show is dedicated to. Well, the lead singer of AFI, she's hot, dude. <laughs> I didn't know Eat it was. I didn't know that it was strictly supposed to be females. I, I know, thought it that was, was all... the twist. All right, twist, twist motherfuckers, twist, twist. I, I just, that's the thing. It's like, I can't, I don't know too many, like, We could sit here people. and discuss goth bands and goth dudes all day long till the cows come home. Okay. Like. You could. Like Morrissey. I couldn't. I don't know too many. Lacuna Coil. That's a good band. Heaven's a Lie is their, their best song, I think. Yeah, can be. It's up there. Probably the only song of there. I think I I did buy that one of their albums. I can't remember which one it was, but it, whichever one had "Heaven's a Lie" on it, wasn't too bad. Lacuna Coil. Haven't heard of them in a while. That's interesting. They're from well, a few of the members are from where my grandpappy's from. So, gotta represent. Where's that? Milan. I know yeah. that's your last name, <laughs> Milani. So. I'm I'm so nervous. Lonnie just flipped a page in his notebook. I can only imagine. All right. Well, since we talked about some goth and we talked about some less known things, I got a game this week for you to test your your knowledge of more mainstream stuff. Now, this makes me nervous because did you say it's it's horror? It's horror. Yeah. So I got a horror based trivia game for you guys this week. It's ten questions. All based on mainstream horror movies. And when I say mainstream, you've definitely seen all these movies. But I want to know how much you paid attention to these movies. And I mean, if you were texting through these movies or trying to horror movie and chill. Making out? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm going to bust you on them. (sighs) Some of these are going to be easy. You're going to get some, hopefully. But some of these, I'm going to make sure you're paying attention. They're probably all going to be hard because, like, I've always said, like, I could watch movie horror movies a million times, but when, it, like, the pressure's put on for a game and stuff like that, my mind goes blank, and I can't. It's like once I know the answer, I'm like, yeah, I knew that. So Have I may- we seen any horror movies together in theaters? Because I know usually when we go to theaters, we, we don't – we usually don't make out, but <laughs> – It's either – it's before and afterwards. Yeah. So, uh, switching subjects. Um, <laughs> so we're all one, one, and one when it comes one, to one, games. One, 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 yeah. We tied so, last episode. We did. So this game, how the point structure is going to work, is I'm going to read the question. If you can get the question with no hints, you will get two points. 
Can I get a handicap? No. Damn. Because you know just about as much as horror as we do. Uh, I'd probably say I'm a lesser. I'm a lesser. You guys are just greats. We got the the kaiju over here. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so you get the question right with no hints. It's two points. If I got to give you a hint, it's one point. Okay. And we just say the answer if we know it. Yeah, it will say say stop stop stop. And, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> ten ten questions. <laughs> ten questions. You ready? Yes. All right. Question number one. What was Jason's mother's name? Stop. Stop. Son of a mom. Voorhees. Okay. Uh, incorrect. Pamela Voorhees. Very good. That was for me. You're taking score. Are you? You're writing the score down. Yeah. Lonnie. Okay. Ah. So that's the only one I'm going to get. <laughs> See, like I said, some of them are easy. Wait, what did you say her name was? Pamela. Pamela. Knew that. I didn't know that. I totally forgot. All right, number question number two. Springwood was the home of child killer Fred Krueger. But what state is Springwood in? Stop. Chicago? Illinois? Or in Illinois? Incorrect. I, I knew that was wrong. I Virginia. Incorrect. <laughs> All right. So this was only was said. So I totally thought Halloween. That told you my mind goes crazy, and I was thinking All right, Halloween. So this is for one point. This, the state has only been said in two movies. What about a TV show? Negative. That not that Springfield. Um, so it's only been said in Friday the Thirteenth or Nightmare on Elm Street Three and Nightmare on Elm Street Six. And number six, it's at the very beginning of the movie. Those are like the two that I've only seen like once. Um, See, Friday the Third, or God dang it, Nightmare on Elm Street's like the one series that I didn't, I haven't watched that often. I'll give you five dollars if you give me a hint. I wait. Am no, going... this, this point's not worth it. <laughs> give you guys ten seconds. Oh. Stop. Massachusetts. Negative. Fuck. <laughs> Oh, I'm just I'm just gonna guess uh, Maine. Incorrect. It was Ohio. Wow. So we both get a point. No, no. <laughs> yeah. All right. Number three. What was Michael Myers' sister Judith doing before she was killed? Stop. Stop. That was you were both at the exact same time. Michael, I confer to you. Who do who said it first? Justin got it first. What was she doing? She was uh, at the um, mirror brushing her hair. That is correct. Fuck you, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) All right, number four. Charles Lee Ray's soul is inside the Chucky doll in Child's Play. Oh, damn it. Oh, you (laughs) guess, guess. You just lost your turn. Uh, uh, At the... Store called Incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Overzealous. Charles Lee Ray is inside the doll of his Charles Lee Ray soul is inside the doll of Chucky in the Charles Child's Play movie. But what was his name by the police? Quit picking the freaking movies that I hate. I hate Child's Play movies. I don't like movie. I think movies about dolls that kill people are dumb. I don't watch them, so you got me. 
I've seen Child's Play once when I was little, so um, I'm going to go with Leroy Jenkins. (laughs) (laughs) That's fan-fucking-tastic. You should get half a point for that, but unfortunately that is incorrect. So this was his moniker that was given to him by the police, like his serial killer name. The Midnight Slasher. Incorrect. It said at the very beginning of the movie... The Midnight Spanker. Incorrect. Ten seconds. The, uh, the sewer junkie. Incorrect. The, I'm, I got nothing. Negative. It was a Lakeshore Strangler. Hmm. So uh, close. So close. Uh, what other movie that I don't watch are you going to pick a question <laughs> from? All right. Smart pants. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre was described as the the ultimate blank due to its particular theme in the movie. I don't even understand the question. All right, I'll say it again. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre was described as the ultimate blank due to its particular theme in the in the movie. Uh, I feel like this is an easy one. Did you already say it? Is it massacre? Ultimate slasher. Incorrect. I don't. I, don't I, I still like don't like. Is it, this is used with the promotion of it? Negative. It was in the movie. Negative. I'm still not quite sure. Yeah, like, yeah. What I think the wording is. of this is a. Uh... This was wording straight from a trivia site. And who put the trivia site together? <laughs> I don't know. Um, how are you doing on Bamajero over there? So, if I can have you give a hint. Um, has nothing to do with horror or the horror genre. It has everything to do with a subculture that has nothing to do with horror. And what is it again? The Texas Chainsaw Massacre was described as the ultimate blank due to a particular theme in the movie. Uh, 10 seconds. Family values? <laughs> Incorrect. <laughs> uh, the ultimate date Three, night. Next two. question. <laughs> date night. <laughs> Incorrect. So, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was seen as the ultimate pro-vegetarian film. I've never once freaking heard that about the Texas Chainsaw. I think this site made that up. That was due to... All the the death were seen as the way animals were slaughtered. Huh. Nope. Due to me, I thought I knew everything about that movie. So is this thing. supposed to like prevent you from eating people? <laughs> <laughs> it's making you feel empathy for the animals. Uh, Some of those people had it coming, though. Yeah, the armadillo at the beginning <laughs> had it coming. All right, number six. In The Exorcist, what was Captain Howdy's real name? Stop. Uh, fuck. Go for it. Uh, I coughed. Uh, Howdy Doody? I don't know. Negative. <laughs> I don't know. Captain Midnight? His real name. 
Steve. Negative. All right. So Captain Howdy is the demon she gets from the Ouija board. Captain Howdy is an actual demon that Karis oh. um. is at – I don't know if it's Karis. The other priest is hunting for in uh, Iran. What is that demon's name? Ten seconds. Jazu. No. <laughs> Jabul? <laughs> God. Four. Oh. One second. Vanderbeek. <laughs> Negative. It's Pazuzu. I was so close. I knew it was, yeah. Told you the first one was the only one I was going to get. <laughs> All right. Number seven. Finish the line. January Embers. Uh, <laughs> January her like wildfire uh shit <laughs> i got i got nothing i have no sound in my my ear head bow uh there we there we go now um i i got nothing like january like, embers uh fuck man it's the poem in in it um yeah my heart burns there too. Yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, I got nothing. All right, I'm, t- I'm telling you, like this is not. <laughs> I, apparently, I don't watch movies. I thought these were. I thought they were easy. Some of them. I don't pay attention to movies. I guess for things like that. All right, finish this line from Pet Cemetery. Fuck, I I saw that movie one time, like back in like <laughs> when I was like. They Eight. made a remake. I didn't watch the remake of it because I don't like. Didn't want to watch it. <laughs> With the dude from Time Tracks, the original. All right. Man. The line: "Lay down, play dead." It's the last line. And shut your shit. Negative. <laughs> and don't move. Negative. It's when he's finally killing the the puppy, huh? The cat. The cat. Yeah. Nope. Be dead. Lay down. Play dead and be dead? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that was horrible writing. We have one or two more questions two left. More, two more. And we're questions. tied 2-2? Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. Nice. We're going to have another tie. <laughs> what is the name of the puzzle box in the Hellraiser franchise? And I know this one. Same here. Again, Hellraiser is not one of my favorite. Pinhead, I didn't really care for him. The. Oh my god, I know it. Uh, this isn't coming to me either. Give, give me a. First letter starts with. <laughs> <laughs> and then give me the second letter on. Ten seconds, boys. Yeah, oh my god. This is gonna be the biggest oh my god when you tell us what it is. The cube. Uh the It's the same name for the whole franchise. They say it in every movie. Puzzle box. It's not what you think it is. It's a very different name. Mm-hmm. I know it, but I can't. <sighs> hmm. Hint. 
Um, the last word in it is configuration. The gateway to help configuration. Negative. The yeah. That just made me not lose it <laughs> completely. <laughs> it is the Lamont configuration. I I wouldn't have guessed that. Nope. Never mind. It's been a while. It's not what I was thinking, but once you said, I remember it. You know what sounds good right now? I can go for a a Cinnabite. (laughs) (laughs) Last question, and it's a pretty easy one, but I'll see if it'll stump you. I thought it was easy. I love this question, so I put it last. In House of a Thousand Corpses, what kind of dog almost bit off Deputy Nash's toe? Stop. Oh, German Shepherd. Wrong. Border Collie. Wrong. Hint, it is a small, cute dog. Ten seconds. You can't say taco dog. That's that's messed up. Go. Cocker Spaniel. Yes. Yeah. I won by one point. <laughs> Jeremy wins three to two. Oh, you get... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Whoa. Well, our headphones work. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I was just playing that whole time. I wanted you to feel comfortable. <laughs> right. Some of those eye rolls. Hey. <laughs> of course, he puts a zombie movie at the end. It, it made me realize scene. that I don't pay close attention to details in movies. I'll give it to you. Some of those were were difficult. Some of the, but some of those I was shocked there was you only guys didn't get. three that were easy, well, two technically that were easy, the Pamela Voorhees and then what was Michael Myers' sister doing. And then the last one I just, I did, have, I can play the scene in my mind and a German Shepherd was the first thing. So, okay. Well, that was uh, interesting. So if we look at the board, I've won two games and you've each won one game. Yep, yep, you're in the lead. All right. Very cool. I almost feel like I'm going to have to add a game next week for the two of you to play. It'll be a quick game. It won't even take five minutes. So we'll we'll add that. I didn't have a game plan for our next episode, so we're going to do it so the two of you can... Strip poker for practice? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Opposite. Put on clothes poker. <laughs> oh, man. What's next? Well, I thought, uh, you know... I think we have the most fun when we're arguing, I think. So I thought we'd throw a couple debates in here for tonight. I'm a lover, not a fighter. And I'm and I'm mostly alone, so I'm used to baiting. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. You're a master at that. Yeah, I'm the master at debating. <laughs> so why don't me and you go first here? Okay. Our debate question is... Hold on. Wait. Hold on. I'll be over here, guys. If you I'm, you're, you're, our, you're our judge, buddy. I'm going to sit it out. I know. You don't have to debate. You just have to judge. All right. So we are given to task to bring one person back from the dead. That one person has to bring the world together, bring world peace, right? In, here in 2020. Here in 2020, right now, that person is responsible for bringing peace to the world. So let me let me get this straight so that the listeners understand what's going on here. Sure. You and I are debating this topic. Yep. We know we do not know what each other picked or Preach, who each brother. other picked. Yep. Um, 
Justin's going to hear both of our sides, and at the end, he's going to make a determination of who was more correct, I guess, because there's really no wrong or right. Yeah, there's no it's wrong or right answer. Who you, who you are uh, siding with a little bit more on the on I the feel topic. like I would have. Yeah. And then after this, you two yeah, me and are Justin's doing one, and I get to determine who I am. I probably should have approached this differently and played to the judges' likings. <laughs> oh, just play footsies with me under the table, and you got yourself a win. This is a clear table, boys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Put that away, Michael. <laughs> so, just sitting over here baiting. So yeah. I, I wrote this, uh, my thing down on paper, um, like the day no after you um, did this. So um, I, I remember the main point of mine and stuff like that, but, you know, I haven't, I didn't read through this and proofread it. So there might be some, uh, I might stumble through it. Do you want me to go first? Or yeah. Do you want Another to? thing too, we're limiting this, our debate to four minutes. Okay, well, so, I hope I can read this fast enough. So I'll, I'll have the timer here going. I'll give you. I'll give you. Uh, when you're three minutes, I'll, I'll flash you. Oh, oh boy! Nice. Okay, so ready, go. So this was a hard one to ch choose when it came right down to it because these pe people had a message and made a difference back in the day when people actually listened and weren't stubborn and didn't crucify someone because of a differing opinion. If they were around today, they would be spit on and shit on by the ignorance that are human beings today. I could easily pick Martin Luther King Jr., who was an amazing man who had the balls to stand up for his beliefs and dreams. But today, if he were around, I could only imagine the anger and racism that would be flung in his direction. I sadly feel that there would be more hate than love if he tried to bring all races together here in 2020. I think his life would sadly end much like it did back in 1968. You could even bring Fred Roger, better known as Mr. Rogers, from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood into the mix, but his kindness would be overlooked and he would be in the news more for allegations against him than for trying to spread love to everyone. People, again, back in the day were more open to someone trying to teach them things about treating everyone equal Whereas today, people won't listen, but instead only speak hate towards Mr. Rogers in an attempt to get him locked up in order to shut him up. I could even go on as far as to say Jesus Christ would be the one person who could save this world. I mean, the man died for our sins. What about him could possibly make someone hate him? Well, with how the world works these days, people would spend more time trying to prove that Jesus Christ of 2020 is a fraud and someone pretending to be him. Uh, they would much rather try to prove something negative than to report him as something positive in this world. The point of this is that my pick for bringing someone back from the dead to bring peace and love to the world is nobody. This world cannot and will not be saved by anyone. The ignorance and hate of today will always overrule the love and kindness. As long as there are media platforms to express one's opinions, this world will only get worse as hate, violence, and crime will rise more and more with each passing year. I think the only savior to this world would be a reset button. Got two more minutes. Well, that is all I have, is what I said. No filibuster. That there is no one person, there is no one person that would bring any love, peace to this world in 2020. They would get crucified, spit on, shit on, like I said. 
So I guess a reset button would be my, <laughs> my savior. So. Wow. Not what you were expecting. Well, that's kind of not that I want to follow you, Dick. Goes against the rules because we still have a reset button. Um, they can press <laughs> it at any time. Okay. So it's not actually gone. So you might be disqualified. I will have to hear what uh, uh, Lawn Dog has to say, and then um, we will continue the debate. Closing remarks from there. That was good. Thank you. <laughs> As you were getting down, I was I was watching you read. I'm like, there's not a lot of space left on that. Where are we going here? I didn't write anything down. I'm I'm just gonna speak from the heart. Okay, you're gonna. That was I was writing from the heart. Well, yeah. I, wrote that. I mean, that was good. All right, I'll let you keep time. Okay. Put the pencil between his nipples <laughs> and wrote. I'm about getting there. I'm about needing a bra. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> You start, I'll go. Hook up. All right. The person I would bring back to this world to hopefully save the world is kind of a biased pick because I would bring back Frank Elder. Frank Elder is my grandfather. He was a hard man to live with, and he was an even harder man to please. But he had my back, and he would not only have my back. He could have every back of every person in this America. He would not coddle them. He would beat their ass in doing the right thing. He's a World War II veteran, which means he would stand up for this country, but he was also a loving and giving person, which means he will help you once he beats your ass to the ground. That is what we need. We don't need coddled. We don't need taken care of. We need someone to beat the shit out of us and tell us what we need to do. Everyone right now is too much on their high horse and taken care of. We need someone who is going to look you in the eye, punch you in that eye, and then tell you where to go to get that eye fixed. We don't need someone holding your hand across the street. We need someone like Frank Elder, who will not only beat you to death, but he will also protect you. That's who I would bring back to this world. Hmm. You have three minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. Any rebuttal? I'm going to rebuttal again. <laughs> 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 um. I mean, like I said, one person is not going to do do bring any peace in this world. So you hate his grandfather? No, I did not say that. <laughs> That's okay. Lobby. I do. I do agree with tough love. I think too many people are coddled these days. But also, if you just do tough love, then you just get no respect. People are just going to be disrespect you even more and throw hate and crap back in your way right i think um absolutely i agree with that 100 percent. that's why i think we need someone who doesn't care if they're liked like so i think the people like martin luther king jr or betty roth or Anne frank or the obvious people that people would want to bring back they couldn't handle this time now the disrespect of the younger generation and the the just the overall like health of the nation they would look at it and they'd be like I want to go back to being dead hmm. I, I agree with that I, it, it, it's hard because it's like we're, we're not we're competing but it's just like I agree with a lot of the stuff he's saying and I completely agree I, with what you said too that's I why really, I was like fuck I gotta follow that I agree with every single thing he said 
I really admire the respect you uh, debaters have for each other. <laughs> so, so you're both wrong. Uh, no, I also agree with a lot with Lonnie. Uh, I don't know his uh, grandpappy personally because uh, I can't. His grandpappy would punch you in the mouth for calling him a yeah. grandpappy. Ate <laughs> <laughs> hey, bacon and eggs, smoked carton of cigarettes every day. His grandpapa. Yeah. Um, I do also agree with a lot of that. Uh, the whole nation coddling is, you know, is pretty much a, a huge detriment. It's not doing anything, and people are getting that that false sense of power. They feel like it's doing a lot. It's like, it's not though. Right. It's really not. And I don't. I. It's not that I don't agree with a lot of the things what the younger generation's fighting for, but you standing out with a sign. Complaining about it is not getting shit done. I feel there's a lot of people out there fighting, and they don't even know what they're fighting for. Right. When when 75% of Black Lives Matter protests are done by rich white kids with trust funds, your organization is fucked. Yeah. When half of your organization fighting for you is wearing flip-flops, you're fucked. Those well, are not – it's like proper footwear. It's, it's not like riot the, material. Like Justin said mo- most people don't know what they're protesting or fighting for. Right. They're just doing it because everybody else is doing it. And right. they, I think people want to see this world crumble and get worse. I think deep down that's what everybody wants. I mean, it's just like when you kind of go back to that video of that guy committing suicide, like you don't want to watch it, but you want to watch it. You want to see train wreck you, that you, you can't right. live Exactly. You want to see the world be doomed you do because you you think that some i think most people think that this world is going to crumble which means there'll be no laws it'll be a free-for-all they can do what they want and it's just like i don't think that's where the world's going to be going i guarantee all those little rich white girls who are complaining right now about defunding everything wait until the first snow and no one scoops their walk and watch what happens (laughs) Hey, I say if, if people agree with defunding the police and don't want the, the police help, then, you know, I think there should be a uh, something. So when they call 911, it pops up. This person <laughs> doesn't believe that the police should be you have uh, to register as a defunder. Yeah, so good luck. But if you break the law, you're still going to get arrested. But if you need help, we're not helping you. Yeah. All right, so who, who's your choice? Yeah, we're getting off topic. Here. I've kind of um, expressed my, my ideas of, of Lonnie's. Um, topic. I also kind of entertain your ideas as well, your nihilistic approach, no lives matter type of thing. <laughs> I didn't say no lives matter. No, it's which, it was between the lives, like between the lines there. Yeah, I got what you mean. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, were you even listening? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, bringing up uh, those uh, public figures, those, those the greats, of the the times, yeah, they would they would get, you know, misheard, misread, uh, just slammed down, silence canceled, and it's the people who are trying to do the most for this world, who you know people are just going back and looking at their their backlog that has no um, meaning, relevance to anything. That yeah, so a hard reset. You know, hold down for five seconds and, you know, um, sounds like a good idea. 
Sounds like a great idea for a movie. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Kind I think reminds me of The Road. So, reset button or his grandfather? His grandfather would get canceled because of being single or single, straight white male type of thing. So, he wouldn't really have a voice, especially in the collective Marxist, like, uh, our loudest voice these days. Reset it. Push the button. All right. No disrespect to your grandpa. No, that's sure okay. He was a fantastic gentleman. Right. <laughs> you he guys, me. you boys, shake hands. Uh, that was <laughs> what's that? Jeez. It's a 2012, so 2020 handshake. <laughs> the, the side don't don't move right now, Michael. The way he has his hands, it looks like he has a handlebar mustache. <laughs> 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 he looks like Hulk Hogan. All right, so what are your guys' topic? Do you want to fill him in on what our topic is? Well, so what our topic is is pretty much if you can go back in time and do anything, what would you do? But you only have like one time to come back. So go back, do something, and come back. And it will not affect the space-time continuum. You will not affect anything now. All right. All right. This will be interesting. Who's first? Go ahead, big boy. So I feel like my – And before we start. The four-minute speech time was put into place because of you. <laughs> What'd I do? Oh. <laughs> I get it. Was that – you don't want to do 20 minutes? If I just you, got one page. If, <laughs> I'm telling one you right, page of negative zero. I'm telling points. you right now, if the word archetypes comes up in this, <laughs> you're automatically disqualified. Uh, yeah, no, I kind of feel like mine might – we'll see. So – If I can go back in time to do one thing, I think I would go back to the time of Genghis Khan and inject him with a a DNA bonding solution of my own DNA. Uh, Doing that, it will kind of cause a mutation since DNA is a dynamic and adaptable molecule. Currently, there are roughly 16 million descendants from from Genghis Khan. That's pretty much 5% of the male population in this world. Uh, Put that otherwise, it's... One and two hundred mills are related to Genghis Khan, Sir Genghis Khan. Yeah, he was he was kind of a he was a kind of a big deal of his time. So if I go back uh, and then come back, I can you know with the technological advancements that's going on these days, we're very close to certain things uh, that might help out uh, my uh, what do you call it. Object, obje- objective. So if I come back, I can pretty much plug into the animus where I can experience the genetic memories of people who share my DNA. Nice. So I'll be related to all these people. Yeah. So the reason why I would do something like that is, well, as much of a reader I am, or and I'm always wanting to learn more things, opening a book can sometimes be a little daunting. And so if I have an overwhelmingly wide number of subjects... You know, these people that I might be related to, I can just tap into their knowledge all, all Matrix-like. Or I can just go on a vacation and assume the experience of, of being uh, a handful of dukes or princes or counts or what have you. And I love Asian food, so if I'm ever in a craving for some Asian food, I can just plug in and experience somebody else's memories of, you know, like munching down on some Mongolian, Mongolian beef. You know, heck yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I can do that several times. Get to taste of different eras. That's what's up. But if the Animus technology that is run by the corporation Abstergo Industries is 100% impossible, I might just go back to the early 90s to experience and be part of the mud people at the Woodstock 94. <laughs> Take in the, the high of the grunge era. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> Two totally different things. I know. Okay. All right, let's go right uh, here. Straight into mine. Okay. If... They better start clear this and start it. If I could go back in time, I would want to go back to 1984 and see a double feature at the drive-in of Nightmare on Elm Street and The Lost Boys. Two of my favorite movies. I would want to see them live the year they came out. I've seen them in theaters before, but just to see them in their natural environment, live at release. Just to see people experience them with me. Some of my favorite movies I haven't got to see on the big screen. And I got to see some of them from working at a movie theater, just taking them in, hooking the Blu-ray player up to a theater and see them on the screen. But it's not the same without that crowd and seeing classic horror when it first comes out. Seeing before we were alive, seeing the naivety of people. I would... I would love to see that. I would love to go back and see classic horror movies, like how people said they were puking and passing out at The Exorcist. I would like to see what that is like. Just going back and experiencing stuff we love, but like the first time. That's what I would do. Okay. Hmm. Two very interesting things. Justin Jurors is very creative. Um, I don't know which one you like. Wh which one are you leaning towards more, the uh, Woodstock? Or <laughs> um, that was an awesome time. Remember when, like, Trent Reznor got in on the mud people, and then he went up and performed all decked out in mud? It would be a very interesting. So are, are you, you're choosing the Woodstock over everything? I was I was go with the Genghis Khan okay. relative descendant. Because you could have went to Mudstock and been a mud person. You would have been like, what, six, but... Eight-ish. Eight. Or 94. Uh, yeah. About nine. A baby. Sorry. <laughs> Were you there? Uh, <laughs> Were you there? <laughs> <laughs> that would be my 20s. Uh, <laughs> could have happened. Uh, Lonnie, is your, yours definitely... Um, is something I've thought about actually, and I've actually even said this a lot I, in, in a way. I've kind of always said that I wish I was like in my 20s back in like the 80s. Right. Um, I just think that everything back then was so cool, um, especially I think that's the best. Uh, 80s was the best time with horror. I see what's going on. So Lonnie. He played to the judge. He I did not back. play to the judge. We have the same, he went back. We have the same personality. Put his DNA into some, one of your relatives, <laughs> and then he genetically experienced your memories. Oh, I put my so, DNA in there so, all the time. So <laughs> I, I just think, it, and that is something like uh, one thing I enjoy about uh, 80s horror movies especially is thinking back of when they came out in theaters and what it would have been like to be an adult and to go there and experience those movies. Um, you know, you mentioned 
Exorcist, but I, I always thought Last House on the Left, how oh, even though that was like the 70s or whatever before my time, uh, but like keep repeating, it's only a movie, it's only a movie, it's only a movie. Um, but like being in that grindhouse environment, yeah, like like four other dudes who want to see someone see a rape and revenge movie. Mm -hmm. So, both, I'm I'm going to uh, ask Michael, which which one kind of spoke to you more, or were you awake? <laughs> Even though you can't really hear him. <laughs> well, Lonnie, I think I and Justin knows this is coming. I, I I think I, I think I'm gonna go with Lonnie just because I could relate with that one. Right. I, I I could really relate to it. I'm not taking anything away from your creativity with it. Um, very creative, but but you can experience the memories of people today and learn how they a, a skill. You know, like how do they put this together in a cinema because there's probably people who are relatives mm -hmm. of Genghis Khan who are like in the cinema and all that. That's where I was going with that. But. Isn't like one in every five people related to Genghis Khan or something one in, like that? One, one in, in 200. 200. Okay. Yeah. Especially in that region. Yeah. That got around. I, a little I, bit. I, I, I'm def I, like I said, I'm going to go with Lonnie. I'm not taking anything away from Justin's. They were both very creative. but I'm going to take something away from I think I can his win. These don't count as game points, do they? I was gonna do them, but then I thought no. I'll say because three, two, one, but no, two, one, one. You're cool. Still in last place, but then we'll tied for second. So that still was... figuring out. We we need some some. Uh, any listeners have any idea for a punishment, if you will, for this this winter at the end of the year? So Stacy, if you can think of anything. <laughs> keep in mind your brother doesn't. Doesn't do well with punishments, so that was that was a fun topic. Yeah, I, I like that. I um, thought that was fun. So, not taking the reins away from you here, but before we get into our main topic, I I thought of something that we could do every episode for a little while here, um, where we each of us takes a turn uh, every episode, or eat, like tonight will be my turn, next week will be one of you guys, uh, but it's um. An influential uh, speech or quote or something like that um, that means a lot to you that's uh, helped you along or paved the way for you or inspired you in some way. Um, like I said, this week is mine. Uh, and mine, we have an audio clip. It's a couple minutes long. Um, and this is from Quentin Tarantino, who is one of my uh, favorite directors. Uh, he's speaking to some... Uh, students at a university um and we'll play the clip and then i will talk a little bit after that about why it's so inspirational to me is this real or am i just being a dreamer that sort of damocles that had hang hung over my head from the moment that i started to try to really seriously consider being a filmmaker how daunting it was and because i didn't go to film school or anything and the fact that I didn't know how to do those different things always put me um, in, the, in the debate amongst myself, dreamer or artist. That was always ammunition for the dreamer side of the debate. And in one answer like that, that sort of Damocles went away. 
It's not your job to create your vision. It's your job to have a vision. And then it's your job to hire talented individuals, to hire talented artists who understand your vision and you articulate it to them. And then they take your vision and they create it. Because I did have a vision, I did know what I want, and I and I could I could describe it. That I could do. I can describe it. I can talk about it. That is that is what I know I can do. And pretty much since then, that's what I did. What you need to know is you need to have a vision, and you need to know how to express it. So yeah, that. Um... Even sitting here, I have my jacket on, but getting goosebumps listening to that. Uh, obviously, I'm not anywhere near where Quentin, Tar Quentin Tarantino's at in the realm of being a writer, director, and film. I'd love to be there. But being able to relate to him, too, about, you know, he didn't go to film school. And look at where he's at. Right. I didn't go to film school. All my film school is off of the uh, bonus featurettes, behind the scenes making of featurettes on DVDs. That's how I taught myself things and I have a lot to learn but that was a, that's always something like you know that I've always felt was I didn't feel like I should be making films because you know I felt like I needed to know how to do everything like I needed to know how to uh, run audio I needed to know how to run the camera do just all the different departments and stuff like that and to hear him say that that you know your job isn't to create to have the idea or whatever and that's I have ideas and I can articulate my visions to people and find other people and that's kind of that quote that uh, quote from him right there that whole speech is kind of the idea behind shorty films right to bring talented people together to create uh, short films and um because there's a lot of talented people just in this one more body movie. You know, we're working with a lot of new people. Um, I'd say it's 90% new people that I've never worked with. And I'm excited because I, they're very talented people. So I, uh, I think that for anybody that's like wanting to be a filmmaker, that quote right there from him is very inspirational. Um, I think in context, yeah. Uh, when I first heard the quote on the surface, I was kind of in a disagreement as far as like the whole creative part, but it, the way he explains it for his position, for your position, it makes total sense. Um, going to school, um, so many people say you can't do something unless you have a piece of paper that shows something. And it's like, you don't really. It should An be the expensive experience. piece of paper. Yeah, yeah it's right. like you can do the same thing. I know people who have, uh, like when I was doing personal training, I know people who had you know, a few years of education under their belt, little, you know, continued education courses and stuff. And I'm like, well, you're just printing something off the internet and you're giving all of your clients the same things. So you're not tailoring it to each individual person. So for that sort of thing, it's like, it's proof that I can do probably a lot more people in my position, you know, who, who actually cares about an individual or the art mm -hmm. of said, um, you know, fill in the blank. Yeah, it's the experience. It's the love, the passion. Going to school, showing you this is how you do this. This is how you do that. I I feel like it just squeezes on your your or, or puts a little shadow over your own creativity. It's like 
You're not taking any risks with that. They're not. being safe. They're telling you the same thing they told the people before you and the people before them and the people before them. That's why everything looks the same. You you watch a Quentin Tarantino movie. You know it's Quentin Tarantino. You do within the first... 10 seconds of it, you know it's one of his films because it has a unique style because he didn't get his head flooded with all the same stuff that they're telling everybody else. And, you know, and not that there's anything wrong with going to school or college like that. I I don't, I'm not discouraging people to do that, but, you know, I didn't go to film school because at the time when I graduated high school, I really didn't know that film was like a huge passion. I knew entertaining people was, but um, I have... Uh, a couple friends that did go to film school and you know to my recollection they haven't made a feature length movie i've made two i mean it's taken me 10 years to make two feature length films and i'm not saying i'm better than them but it's just like you know you spend all that money to go to school well you're out doing it (laughs) you're not you're not doing it and it's just like just just do it and um you know this is a topic for another time. I could go on and on, but I mean, yeah, I, I think that that's, that, that quote is one that I've listened to countless times. And if you actually watch his whole uh, speech to this, uh, these students, uh, it's fantastic. He's got a lot of passion. He does. And it, you can tell he articulates it and with his hand gestures and stuff. So, so that was uh, mine. Uh, I think I'm going to choose Lonnie. For our next episode, All right. you get to find your inspirational quote. Good. Sounds good. Two weeks. Uh-huh. Well, speaking of inspiration drawn from film and cinema, our main topic tonight, we each uh, dug into our bank of memories and movies and, and TV. We, we wanted to kind of discuss some some deaths in TV and movies and just cinema in general that we kind of took as inspiration or our favorites, stuff that we thought impacted us in cinema and kind of discuss them with you guys, go a little bit more in-depth with them and just kind of talk about cinema, stuff we love, but that had an impact on us. So we each reached into our memory banks and grabbed some some cinema death that we we thought was worth talking about and so our main topic tonight is death and despair dun 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 what goes perfectly with goth Paco, death Paco. and despair <laughs> so we each got five let's just go round robin with this Justin over there why don't you go ahead and start us off one uh, see, it was kind of hard to pick because I had so many different directions. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard yeah. to pick just five. Yeah, there's so many people who die in movies and stuff. And right. I was like, does something that impacts me, is it me personally, or is it something that was culturally influenced? Or um, Zombie 137 in Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> He's just, he touched my Didn't heart. Didn't even have a chance. I was yeah. surprised with your list, Justin. A lot of the ones I could relate with. I was expecting your list to be a lot of movies and characters I've never seen or heard of. I was trying to go that way, but yeah. I'm going to go with one of the first um, ones that had a big impact on me growing up. Artax. Artax was a sad death in the, uh, the, the swamp of sadness, the lake, you know, the 
yeah, swamp of sadness, sorrow. Never ending story. It's like watching it go down the horse, you know, this this you know, this stallion, this butte, you know, just sinking and you see the struggle in the horse's eyes and you know, just the aftermath. And it doesn't actually show it, but it's like it implies, you know, it just like fade to black, fade back, and it's just, you know, um, wow, what's his name? Atreyu. Atreyu, thank you. Just Atreyu, just saddened his, his our taxes under, gone. Well, it's like a, it's like a supporting character. You almost like get the emotion that it's a, a supporting right. character. Like, I think, yeah. If if Beavis died and Butthead was his main character <laughs> and they die, it's like it's an off screen death, but yet it's not. So uh, it's like it's one of those deaths too that you don't expect to happen. Right. It's like, oh he's safe, he's the animal. You know, it's it's the animal that died, you know? It's like right? wow. And you care so Why? much about animals than people is the thing. You kinda do. <laughs> right. Like and that's the thing watching horror, it's like when the animal dies, like animals and babies, like they say never work with animals or babies. And That's not entirely always true. <laughs> We're not talking about porn. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, the fucking cat. <laughs> the, the dude. They shot the cat. And it was all right. It was good. But – it's like when a child or an animal dies in, in a movie, it like actually it's more of an impact than when a person dies. Like you're so used to seeing people die. So when it's like an animal or a child dies, it's like more of a, a surprise than when a person dies. Like a quiet place. When the first death in the movie is a young child, like it's kinda takes you aback and you're like, What what am I watching? Is that your pig? It kind of goes into one of that's on my list. Is it Harry? About like a kid being killed. Harry Potter? No. Oh. Hereditary? Is it my turn to go? Don't you yeah, dare. I'm done. Don't you dare bring up that movie at this table again. <laughs> it's an awesome. No, it was not. You shut your mouth. Awesome half of the movie. Shut your whore mouth. There's another half of it? <laughs> so, okay, if I'm going to go, if that's a segue into mine. Um, I actually I, – I didn't quite understand, too, if we were going for personal deaths. Oh, personal, or yeah. Personal just impact. all in all. So pretty much the majority of mine are things that, like, affected me personally, like deaths yeah. in movies. Uh, this one was actually on my honorable mention, but right before we started this segment, I decided I am going to move it up to my top five. Um, I'm taking Jack Dawson from Titanic. That is off my list. That was going to oh. be mine, but oh. – but he is, his heart will go on, um, so I don't need to mention it. So I went with uh, – it's from the movie Alpha Dogs. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's got Justin Just Timberlake in it. Um, but it's uh, the character Zach Mazursky, who is played by the actor Anton Yelchin. Uh, you remember him. He was in the Star Trek movies. Uh, he actually died a few years ago. Oh, a yeah, freak yeah. accident. His car rolled and – smashed him when he was going to get the mailbox or like pinned him up against the brick wall. Uh, but basically uh, in alpha dogs, it's about drug drug people that, you know, this guy owes me money type thing. Um, and it's directed by, I forget his name. Uh, he played in the movie face off the guy with that goes, 
you want me to take his face off the bald guy that was in that movie anyways uh so they basically these people kidnap the one guy that owes them money uh his brother you know the whole time they have him and stuff like that they they kind of keep him they're not mean to him. They're actually giving him a life that he doesn't have. Like they're introducing him to girls and, and fun and stuff like that. Uh, and Justin Timberlake kind of is his watcher. The kids watch, watches over him and he kind of, in a sense, falls for the kid, I guess you would say like he, he enjoys being around him and stuff. Well, at the very end, you know, they're basically like, you know, we have to kill him. We have witnesses. So we just need to kill him and be done with it. And when I'm watching that movie, I knew nothing about that movie. And at the very end, spoiler alert here, um, you know, Justin, they dig a hole for the kid in the middle of the night in the desert and they tape his hands, put a tape over his mouth. And in my head, I'm like, there's no way they're going to kill this kid. There's no way they're going to kill him. And then they just take like a semi-automatic gun and just like blast the kid. And he falls into the, the grave they dug and blood just pours out of him and stuff. And I'm like, man, like. I was traumatized by that. Like they did such a good job filming it, making you feel for the character and stuff like that. And whew, that one really would probably be top of my list as like a death that really messed with me and affected me. I had a and, wasn't that a hacking your life? That was assassination style, like to the back, wasn't it? Mm -mm. Or was he looking in bacon? It was basically right in front of his face uh, because, you know, Justin Timberlake, he, he does such a great job as an actor. I think he's very underrated as an actor. Um, but, like, you know, he's, like, he's the one that has to put the tape on his kid. He's, like, no, I'm going to put some tape around your arm. And the kid, like, the kid knows they're going to kill him. But I think deep down the kid knows, like, thinks that they're going to let him go or something like that. Uh, but they put tape around his wrist. And then, you know, Justin Timberlake's, now I'm going to put some tape over your mouth. And the kid's, like, okay. And he puts tape over his mouth. And then what the guy does, the guy comes from, the other guy that, that's the dick, comes from behind with a shovel and hits the kid in the back of the head, makes him fall in the hole. And then he stands over the hole and shoots him. And it's just, oh, that kid affected so many people in the movie too. Like all the people that he was introduced to, they, they just fell for this kid. They just liked his personality and everything. So if you haven't seen that movie, that's definitely one you want to, it's an all-star cast. Like Bruce Willis is in it. Um, it's been a while since I've seen it, but um, very good movie. Definitely uh, check it out. Sorry that I ruined the ending for you, but <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to like spoilers and stuff like that, it's just it makes me want to see it more. And right. I've already seen this, and I, I've probably seen it when it came out. And I think around that time, I was not on the Timberlake bandwagon. I was like, "Fuck, insane!" How could you not whatever. be on that, dude? He's so like, good. He, musical, so great. Dancing. It, it's probably because acting. he was like the next. You know, up and coming like Michael Jackson, triple threat type of thing. It's because he dated Britney Spears and you had a thing for her. Not so much. <laughs> yeah. So much. I was like that Power Three. I didn't like any of them. Like the Britney, uh, Christina, Britney, Christina, and Jessica. Or Justin. I said Justin. <laughs> well, with his blonde curly hair at the beginning, he had his ramen noodle hair. Ramen yeah. noodle hair yeah. <laughs> well, for me. My number one is Tina Gray's death in Nightmare on Elm Street mm -hmm. was my first horror movie I remember seeing, and it was the first death in it. And from that, it's my favorite horror movie. But And the death itself was geniusly shot. It's the, it's the 360 or the 180 room 
that they did. So not only was it an awesome death that stayed in my mind as a child, and it's the first death in my favorite horror movie, so that puts it echelons above most death. Now that I'm older and getting into the film industry myself, just knowing how it was shot is just boggles my mind with the how they rotated the room 180 degrees is just fantastic to me. But like the portrayal of that death with the with the cutting of her chest was all practical effects and her being drug up the wall was all practical effects and it was just it was so beautifully shot. And for it being, you know, 36 years old, it just, I loved it so much with the eerie dream sequence beforehand, putting you in a, in a world that you didn't know, you didn't know what to expect and then flashing to the real world. It just, it was amazing. Love it for a loop. Literally. Yeah. Did you, uh, have you ever seen the, uh, never sleep again documentary? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That when they talk about that, that filming that, uh, weren't like crew members and stuff getting sick. Right, yeah. Like the blood was dumping. Like they didn't realize like, okay, once they rotate and all that blood comes out, it's just going to start going up your nose. Spraying it. Well, it like came out and it was like on their equipment and stuff like that. And it was the same way with Johnny Depp's character, Glenn's death as Mm -hmm. well, and how much blood they used for that scene. And that's back when they knew how to make things practical. Exactly. I mean, it might have looked cheesy, but... I would rather it look cheesy and be real real than CGI. Exactly. And, I yeah. mean, if they shot that nowadays, it would have all been CGI. Well, I mean, in the, the 2010 uh, aborted mess that was Nightmare on Elm Street remake, um, dad, never mind. I don't even want to talk about that shit show. Mm. I've seen it twice. I, I seen too. The, i seen the midnight showing. And thought, ah, oh, I'm just half asleep. It couldn't have possibly been that mad. And then I seen it the noon showing after I slept, and it was it was that bad. Mm. What you got for number two? Number two. See, I think a lot of my picks kind of have a similar theme. Um, I think I went more with sad themes here, but well, I death. I'm supposed to be happy. Exactly. Some huh. deaths are happy. <laughs> I well, mean, Hitler's death, that was up there on my list. I mean, he was misunderstood. Fuck you. <laughs> if we had, if we had <laughs> sponsors, our plug would be pulled right now. All right, well, all right. So I wanted to do, and then this is probably an honorable mention here, I wanted to do Thomas Sinnott. Oh, you're not doing that one? I am not. Son of a bee. <laughs> <laughs> For you guys who don't, you know... <laughs> Oh, jeez. Uh, Thomas Sinnott, the dude who got uh, stung by a crap load of bees in my girl. <laughs> oh, that was the best perfect. joke I've had so far. Uh, no. It only took eight episodes. I'm going to go with my favorite movie of all time, The Crow, Eric Draven's death. Um, they also used a lot of practical stuff, and they, they kind of mixed it also with uh, CGI. Um so, Eric Draven. I don't know if you should be congratulating them on their practical <laughs> effects. <laughs> not, for, not for this shot. This is great. <laughs> so, as most of you who probably you know, do know that Brandon Lee, the actor, got shot on the on set of filming The Crow. Um, 
the character Michael Massey, who played Fun Boy, he shot him, and they actually changed it in the script, so 1010 throws a knife at him, and he drops. And then they end up raping his, his fiance and throwing him out the window. Great change. Love the rewrites. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, why, I'm pretty sure the rape and toss was still added in there, but yeah. Um, what can we do to fuck up this guy's career more? So he pretty much witnesses, the character Eric Draven witnesses all of this happening, and he's pretty much helpless. And they end up tossing him out the window, and just the look of sadness of him looking back up to the the loft of where he was about to start his, his future. It was the night before his wedding, and he just plummets to the ground. Does it count as a death if he comes back? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of answered your own question no, there. Okay, yeah. yeah. So he dies and comes back. So is he like a zombie rock star killer? Uh, nice. He's an anti-hero. It's, it's so gray in comic book movies. For those who don't know, The Crow, it started as a comic book. A goth. A goth comic, comic yeah. Ooh, I see what you did there. It came full circle. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So. That'll be my number two pick there. So for my number two pick, this is actually one of the first deaths I really remember. Um, JFK. But this goes back to oh, the uh, the uh, classic movie Ghost and the character Sam Wheat, pa- played by Patrick Swayze. Um, that really, um, you know, as a kid, I we, my family we watched a lot of the same movies over and over and over and over again. We had we would. Go to the the rental shop. We had two VCRs hooked up to one another, and you would steal them. We would. You son of a bitch! Uh, but this is back back before they started putting like this piece of tape over part of it, so you couldn't tape it. But uh, we watched Ghost a lot, and I, you know, every time like he would get shot, it was it's early on in the movie because he plays a ghost for the majority of it with Whoopi Goldberg. Um, but and it's not really a it, it's a mixture of sadness and comedy. This movie, and I think I think it's a great. It's got movie. some creepiness to it towards it, the end. It too. does, yeah. C, the CGI ghost and the 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 hell the black demons that come up or whatever, hokey looking. But um, no, I just remember watching that movie over and over and over and over again, and I was naive to think every time I watched it that it was going to be different. Like, you know, when they came out of the movie theater or whatever it was, and then that Carl guy that was paid to kill him or whatever, I always thought, they're just going to take a different route. They're going to run. It's it's not going to happen this time. He's not going to get shot and killed. But, um, you know, I just remember the first time watching it when the, the gun goes off, and then you see Patrick Swayze running after the guy. I'm like, oh, my God, they killed Demi Moore. But then it goes back, and, you know, then he looks, and he's – looking at his dead body as she's like holding him with the gunshot and stuff like that and all the blood and that kind of traumatized me. So that one really kind of affected me. Um, I mean, that's not really a spoiler because the movie's called ghost. So you kind of figured that one was coming. So that one is my number two pick. Lonnie, I don't peg you as somebody that really watched the movie more than once. There was a meme I seen the other day about ghost that, just cracked me up. There's so many memes about that movie, but it was obviously during the infamous pot scene. But instead of a pot, they had a cat, and they were both <laughs> petting the cat. <laughs> cracked me up. 
My number two is is a little uh, unique, but with some explanation, you'll probably get it. My number two is Ray Brower from Stand By Me. Do you guys know who Ray Brower was in Stand By Me? I've seen that movie once. You've said that, that a lot tonight. Because I, 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 I don't watch movies that don't really speak to me. <laughs> that movie, so you, Ray Brower, nothing? Rob Zombie directed it. Yeah, I'm sure he did. <laughs> no, but Steve, it's a Stephen King story. Okay, I mean Stephen King's not my favorite. So okay. It, anyway, so Ray Brower's the dead kid. He's the he's the body they're looking for. So he's already dead before the movie starts. And like as a story, being to base your whole entire story after someone who is already dead, not knowing anything about him, not knowing his backstory, not knowing how he died, nothing like that. Just a milk carton. Yeah, it's just a – It's he's basically just a prop, but Stephen King wrote it so magnificently. It's just – he needs to write more like that. Like his three best movies were Stand By Me, The Green Mile, and Shawshank Redemption. We'll, I'll pass that note on to him. Yeah, just do. Might well, <laughs> and, and, and of he might course. go places now. <laughs> yeah, right. But no, it, it's the movie, and it had a lot to do with the the actors in it, like Corey Feldman before he lost his mind. Uh, his music is River awesome. Phoenix. It is fantastic. <laughs> River Phoenix, uh, the kid who was fat got skinny. I don't know his name. Uh, Jonah Hill. No, <laughs> the Jonah Hill before Jonah Hill. But anyway, it's just – and and uh, Kiefer Sutherland. It's just the ability to take a death and make it a plot point without it being – have to be mentioned all the time. Just like there's a beginning and there's an end, and there's so much in between that doesn't take away from the fact that you're going to a destination – and that destination is grim. It's not like a – like in a lot of horror movies, the destination is usually like, yay, we made it. We stayed alive. Well, the destination in Stand By Me is you're going to find a dead kid, and it's it's grim. I don't think enough movies make the destination grim. And like so all the fun they're having, like it's a coming-of-age story like they're – they're swimming in the creek. They're telling ghost stories, and it's a coming-of-age story leading to Grimm, and that's why I always loved the Ray Brower. I think it's the, one of the best deaths in cinema. It is funny you mentioned that movie because that is a movie on my list that I've told myself, like, now that I'm older and an adult, I should rewatch it. It's a fantastic movie, and you don't – when you watch it as a kid, you don't appreciate some of the scenes in it because you, like – you don't really see a coming of age story as a kid and really understand what right. it is. Yeah. But yeah, no, and that's I kind of have realized that too. I've I've watched a lot of movies that I only watched once when I was younger and didn't really care for. And you have an appreciation for it as as you're an adult. Right. So Will Wheaton. He's one of the kids as well. He's the main kid. All right. Number three. Number three. So Lonnie just kinda hit on my my third one. He said the Green Mile. I'm going to go with John Coffey. Good. John Coffey. Roll on, too. I think all of us had that on our, our <laughs> yeah, list. Yeah, I think we discussed that when we were talking about our lists. Um, so this was extremely influential, especially since he was the pretty much the, the biggest yet softest character of the entire 
what, two-hour movie or so? So am, two I, and the, and a half. am yeah. I the John Coffee of this group? I'm big and soft. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. Kind of look like him. Have you seen Michael? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I had to do it. You're here. We got to throw you under the bus. But, like, phenomenal acting. Uh, acting Michael Clark Duncan. He, uh, I mean, just almost every single, every single scene, he had that that welling of tears in his eyes, like just ready to drop. Like he knows the outcome, yet he still applies that kindness. You know, right. like he he still wants to be a light in the world of darkness. He still wants to take away people's pain, and going out the way that he did, you know, dry sponged. Uh, that 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 scene yeah. was rough to watch. Not just I think what adds to it too is the the audience of the the um, execution, you know, and then just the the relationship him and Tom Hanks character had like he, they knew something was up and it's like they wanted to at least send him off peacefully, well as peacefully as you can in an electrocution. It wasn't but, a dry sponge. It was he didn't want to be blindfolded. The dry sponge was the uh the guy with the rat. Right. He said dry sponge. Well, yeah. He didn't wet it. That's why it went all haywire. For John Coffey? They wet the sponge for yeah. John, John Coffey. Was, oh, shit. It was the other dude. Yeah. 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 Well, I that just, was a fucked up one, too. Yeah. He just didn't... He, he didn't want to go in the darkness. Yes. Yeah. Oh, look at me. I'm all... <laughs> no, uh, I, I understand what you're saying. How I, dare I, you I was, not remember a movie from the early 90s It was very... I just child. didn't want all of our critics out there to... to they get points Rag too. On us if they get a lot of correction points, <laughs> they get the punishment <laughs> or something, right? But oh, no, no, yeah, it was a, yeah, uh, it was an awesome performance. Another Stephen King. It's yeah. it's funny because it's just like that movie is like so unrealistic, like with his powers that he has. Right. But it was believable when you're watching it. Like you actually believed everything about it. Like oh, this could happen, type of thing, and. I mean, yeah, they, they really, they make you, that whole movie, they just, you know, that, that song that plays, like, at the beginning when he starts crying, and it's just, like, you don't understand at the beginning why he's crying, and then, like, later on you realize, oh, that's because that's the last movie that John Coffey watched before he died, and he was just so happy watching it. That is a good one. Yeah. I think that's a, a fantastic. And the thing about that movie, too, and it was, like, so we're a little bit older. We're not part of your kid's fancy generation. But that was a two-tape two VHS tape. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's how you knew, yeah. like, it was going to be a good movie. Like, a lot of the great movies were two-taper. And, like, you're well, like, oh. A lot of the Stephen Kings were the two-tapers. No, there were some <laughs> bad ones. But, uh, yeah, if it was a two-tape VHS, you're like, oh, man, we got extra. We're in for the, the good shit. Like, well, do we start with two? Like, because then you get the you get the payoff. It's not a payoff when he dies. <laughs> if it's set to the Neutron Dance by the <laughs> Sisters, it is. <laughs> uh, all right. So my number three, actually, uh, this one was kind of one that Michael helped me with. Um, Look at you. We're we're gonna go with. Uh, uh, Wow, his name is slipping my mind. The director, M. Night Shyamalan, uh, Malcolm you know. Crow in The Sixth Sense, Bruce Willis's character. Um, Did you know that guy with the hairpiece in that movie? That was that was Bruce Willis the whole time. Oh, snap. Whoa, you learned something new. All right. But, I mean, that, 
that movie, like the death was probably one of the most shocking deaths in movie history because he was dead the whole time and you didn't realize it. Um, no, you didn't. Yes, you got closer. You, did. you got closer and closer, and I think one of the best. I think like thirty minutes in, if you didn't know Bruce Willis was dead, like you weren't perceptive at all. Obviously, you guys aren't fucking perceptive at all. In the <laughs> <movies>. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. Well, I think that that is one of today still one of the most talked about deaths in a movie because even movies bring it up in movies. Oh, absolutely. And it's it's uh, it's an ongoing. Joke, like I mean, um, well, scary movie. Scary oh, yeah, Ocean's yeah. Twelve. You know, Bruce Willis plays Bruce Willis in Ocean's Twelve, and Matt Damon's character is like talking to him. He's just like, you know, I figured it out. You know, the minute she didn't talk to you in the restaurant, I knew you were dead. And Bruce Willis is like, oh, that's that's great. Most people didn't realize that and stuff, but um, I think that's definitely um, one that was very shocking. Um, I think a lot of jokes are made from it. Um, I can't think of the comedian, but he's on Netflix. Was it the icy black people one? That was a no. That but wasn't he, that a, a who was that? I keep going. He he basically he talks about like you know how people believed more so it was more believable that Bruce Willis and his wife were having marital problems than oh. that than that he died. He's like this is how obvious it was. The opening scene was a guy shooting Bruce Willis, but we went on for another 2 hours thinking that this guy and his wife were having marital problems and she wasn't talking to him. So, um that definitely uh to me that death was kind of like one of the first ones that really like opened up twist at the end of ends of, of movies and stuff like that. And um, so I think that was a good pick by Michael. One of the best and, things about that movie alone is it's right on the cusp of, you know, white internet spoiler type of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. nobody knew you had yeah. to go pay, you know, pay your stub and get in there and watch it. And I think those that did get it, have it spoiled. I think that kind of pushed them to go see the movie because they wanted to see how it was done and whatnot. But, um, I was one of those people that didn't. That's I wasn't told about it, and I saw it pretty late after it was released. And I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't see it coming. To be honest with you, yeah, I nice. mean, if it, watching it nowadays, I probably would. But God, I, when did that movie come out? Ninety six, ninety seven, ninety six. So I was like twelve when that movie came out. Twelve, thirteen years old. So. I didn't, I you know. I put M. Night Shyamalan and Ding Dong on the map. Shyamalan. 99? Shyamalan. So I was. Before he started doing everything so like, so come on, you know. Yeah. I was like 16 when it came out. So. Uh, my favorite M. Night Shyamalan movie to this day Elevator. Is Elevator. Was it, or was it Devil? Devil and Devil. Elevator. Is it Devil? Just yeah. Devil. Yeah. Well, yeah. Devil's great. I need to rewatch that. Devil's fantastic. I with the I, biblical implications of it. I, I thought you were going to say The Happening. I was about to stab oh, you in the th throat with my pen. I, I went to go see that in theaters, and uh, <laughs> I broke out laughing because there's the same part that I'm thinking of. Is it where Mark Wahlberg <laughs> was on the hill, and he's like, come on, come on. <laughs> and I'm like, Marky, Marky, come on, come on. <laughs> I was going to say, I did laugh at the part where he's talking to the, the fake plant or whatever, and I don't know. He's, he's, he's like, talking in, like, in a high-pitched voice or whatever to it. But like he just went good vibrations at the top of the hill. Like, 
Yeah. Somebody who was it pointed out that he's like always out of breath when he delivers. Like, yeah. his... Hey, <laughs> what, what's going on, guys? <laughs> When me and when me and Tracy first started dating, um, I went over to her house and we were looking through DVDs to watch. I'm like, "Oh, The Village that that was kind of shitty," and it. she's like, "Oh, so scary!" I had to turn it off when the monster was chasing them in the woods. I couldn't; it's just too scary for me. And I was like, "The fuck? What?" <laughs> she's like, "Yeah, the monster was chasing them." through the woods when they were trying to find their way out and it was just too scary. I had to turn it off. I'm like, put it in. We're finishing it. <laughs> She's like, no, no. I'm like, put the fucking movie in. We're finishing it. And then, obviously, it's when the... Spoiler alert. The blind girl, Bryce Dallas Howard, another one on my list of five, climbs over the climbs over the wall and it's ends how it ends. Do we have... Two of the five or three of the five on your list just in this episode? Just two. Oh, you got Christina Ritchie. Yep. Bryce Dallas Howard. Your page. Your page. She's not on my list. No, she is not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not weird enough for her. I got, uh, what's his name? Or her name. <laughs> that could be an episode where we, we reveal our list. What if yours is all cartoons? Am I... Well, Am we'll I have fucked a... up? <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be a host Daffy Duck in a dress. Uh, so what's your number three, Lonnie? Uh, my number three, I'm not going to talk about it much because it's from a series we really desperately want you to watch. But my number three is Nellie Crane from the television series Haunting of Hill House. Oh, um, my god! And I can say she dies because it's basically what the series is based around. But... Um, when it's the series is basically the first five or six episodes is each episode is a character, basically a character's origin story. Um, and when they get to Nellie's origin story, fuck does the series do a 180 oh, yeah. on you. And it's, and it's a 10 episode series and her origin story is episode five. The storytelling is like putting a perfect puzzle piece oh, in it. Oh, my it's God. Like, what? And that yeah. series has literally, and I'm not bullshitting you, that series has the best jump scare I have ever seen in my life. No bullshit. There's... I even jumped the second time I watched it. Like, it's so good. And it's so... um so out of place where you don't expect it to be it's just absolutely perfect the series is on netflix it's a 10 episode series they're 45 minutes an episode i think the acting is superb for sure um even I, the child actors in it are so amazing the writing is superb yeah you <sighs> if, did mention that one oh, I, so I, I think tonight i might actually start watching. if yeah. uh, if i had to recommend a netflix series that's Probably up in my top three. But my number one, hands down. I've I've watched it three times at this point. I watched it all the way through, once by myself. Uh, me and Tracy watched it once, and then my sister watched an episode of it, and then she came over and we watched the other nine episodes with her. And who in that series is on your list? Your top five. <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy who looks like Bradley Cooper. No. What the? <laughs> but no, I I want to sit here and dedicate. Like, when you watch it all the way through, I think we need to have an episode that's just us talking about the series. Because we could fill three right. hours talking this, about it. I'm going to start watching it tonight. This series fucked me up. 
Like, like, yeah. Like, when you get on in the episodes, probably episode seven or eight, there's a there's a ghost in every single oh, yeah. every single scene, and it's like, um, well, in every they, single episode, there's hidden ghosts, and if yeah, you, yeah, and they don't point them out. You'll just see them and be like, the fuck, because the house is haunted. But they won't bring them up. Like how most they'll be like a jump scare noise or something like that. This nothing. They'll just be like, "What the fuck was that? Did I just see that?" And they won't bring it up. It won't matter. Yeah, you'll at all. see like something behind the stairs or eyes behind the doorway or. Well, let's hurry up with uh, this episode uh-huh. so I can get home and watch. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my number three. Okay, back over here. Number four, Justin. Back. Number four. Um, let's see. I got two left. Let's go with – this is something Jeremy's probably heard a lot this, this last week. Um, powder. <laughs> <laughs> is it really? Is it, is it, it is. Is it yeah. powder? It is powder. Is it powder? <laughs> or is it mac and me or is it powder? It's a peanut butter fun time or what was it? The peanut butter solution. Uh, peanut butter fun time is something totally. Different. I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend googling peanut butter fun time. And I wouldn't recommend asking people for help on trying to remember a movie. Because <laughs> so, it's obviously powder. Yeah. So powder was an awesome movie. I think it was one of the coolest movies. You know, like uh, it was just a very misunderstood dude who, um, I mean, he was struck by lightning in his mom's belly. As when she was pregnant with him, and kind of granted him these um, boobs, psychokinetic, <laughs> these, these, I don't know if you want to call them powers or abilities, but um, he's he's raised different, and he can pretty much consume information and memorize anything, and you know he's he's just a he's a, a phenomenon. Um, yeah, and the way he dies is pretty much being. It's it's a it kind of borders on with like suicide. He wishes to just be free away from everything, you know, all the hatred, you know, like he he pretty much left his mark. Um, and then at the end, he's running through the field, and it's the thunderstorm that he's he's just always been afraid of because that's pretty much how he was born in a storm, and he sends himself back, he just in a flash of lightning. Turn to powder. Yeah. Not baby powder. I thought you were going to say he died from going out in the sun. No, he did Because he's so white. Is that a... Because he's Irish, too? I don't know. His hair could never gross. I mean, Sean Patrick Flannery. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. What do you got for four over there? Germ. All right. So this is a more recent one. Um, Ooh. Uh, it comes from Avengers Endgame, uh, Tony Stark, Iron Man. I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, that definitely uh, sent shockwaves, I feel like. I, I mean, I'm not a huge comic book fan at all. I know. <laughs> and, I mean, I like the Marvel movies. I prefer the Marvel movies over the DC movies. Um, but... Uh, I just remember just the outroar from people when he died. And I mean, it was kind of shocking to me um, the way he dies in that movie. I mean, he's kind of the one that basically sacrifices himself for the good of everybody else. Um, now, I don't, again, I'm not, I don't read comic books 
I don't know, like the story. I don't know how these movies follow along with true to the comic books if they Not do at, at all. all. Uh, I don't There's know. So many if, different iterations too. So if yeah. Tony Stark is one that dies in the comic books, or if this was just specifically for the movie. But. There's there's only and and this is pretty true with most comics. There's actually only let's see one two three three people who have died and stayed dead in comic books, and that's Batman's parents and Uncle Ben. Those are the only three people who die and stayed dead. The Rice dead. guy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, Those are the only three people who died and stayed dead in comics. Well, I mean, I I think the way that they shot the death with, um, you know, Spider Man and stuff like that, like kind of, you know, he took took him under his arm or his his arms and kind of taught him the ways. And you know, when when he died and he was there, kind of like holding him and stuff like that. I mean, it's just it was a it was an interesting death. Um, probably one of the more recent deaths that kind of was like, oh, I didn't really see that coming, and like I thought to myself too. Well, I'm not a comic book fan, but I know Tony Stark is pretty important to the uh, the Marvel movies, so for him right. to be dead is kind of interesting to me. So, Well, from an outside perspective, um, uh, Robert Downey Jr., like his contract was, was up. So you knew Robert Downey Jr. was going to be gone. See, I don't look at things like that. Like, I don't, right. I don't, I don't, when I'm watching movies, I'm like, oh, I'm going to see if this like person's you, contract. You lose your, well, it was so, it was so published. Robert Downey Jr. was gone. Uh, Chris Evans was gone. So you kind of, you had to assume that something was going to happen to him. Um, but I also heard that he re-signed and he's at right. least on for four more movies or something like that. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. But it could be flashbacks, right? I'm assuming, but um, yeah, just so they can have his likeness. But yeah, and I, you kind of had to assume something was going to happen to both of them. I didn't expect that at all. Like I, like you said, that there was nothing. That was not how the comic storyline went at all. But Marvel is kind of. They had the rights to Marvel. Well, they they basically Disney owns Marvel at this point. So they can do whatever they want. So seeing them go that route, yeah, it was definitely emotional. Like pretty much everybody around us was pretty much broke to tears. And like it was very emotional. It wasn't the saddest comic book death to me, but it was definitely in the top three. Yeah. I thought the Logan death and Logan was a little bit more emotional. Oh, yeah. Or the, the Spider-Man death in the first – uh, Infinity Wars, not Endgame, oh, but yeah. Infinity Wars. I took that one worse than the Tony Stark yeah, death. That one was pretty good, but I, he really didn't die, so that's why well, I, I think, kind of on my list. That's one thing. Like so many people got so hyped with the you know Infinity Wars, uh, the first, and it's like you do well. It, it were it it was people who followed the movie, not the comics. Right. So it's like you don't really know what's going. It's, no one's dead know. in the comic books. All right, your number four. This many's. Oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Take it away. Everyone's looking at you and your big eyes over. <laughs> well, my number four is uh, Danny Vineyard from American History X, played by, uh, oh, what's his name? The Hulk? No. Uh, 
fuck, what was his name? Uh, from Terminator 2. Yeah. Um, Edward Furlong. Furlong. But, uh, yeah, watching him through the majority of the movie and watching him progress from being, you know, Nazi scum to redeeming himself to getting shot. In a bathroom. In a bathroom at this school. It was... It was kind of heartbreaking, like, watching him learn his lessons and going from an utter piece of trash, but yet trying to redeem himself, trying to be a better person from the struggles his brother had from being in jail and learning to repent and pulling his brother out of the life was was great. It was heartfelt, and you wanted there to be that happy Hollywood ending, but... You just knew it wasn't going to happen, and the way it ended for him was just – it was rough, and it was shot beautifully. The blood on the white background, the white tile, and – That snow fade. Yeah, and uh, Edward Norton's acting is just always on point, so I thought it was pretty great, pretty fantastic. That one got me too. That one it wasn't on my picks, but – it's one of those a lot of people don't appreciate the movie because of the subject matter. Right. See, but. I think people need to um, – like there's so many things people don't like. that It's like, well, you kind of have to find the source of why you don't like it, so maybe check it out. Like there's certain views or, or talking points. It's like that's going to help you grow. That's pretty much what the character was doing right. the whole time. It's like he was led down this path, and then he you know, saw this, and like you were saying that he had that – redemption uh turning point and then you know just turning and seeing his smile and then that the smile fade to a shock and bam right people people are just afraid to be offended right. i think is where we're at yeah oh yeah you said it yeah and i think a movie like that couldn't be made today either it's absolutely not especially the curb stomping it'd be, be x-rated yeah. yeah it was american history x not that kind of X. Well, number five, number last five. one. That's an onion. <laughs> <laughs> Something <of> those. <laughs> Food porn. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go with a cartoon here. So I think a lot of people were Watership ex- down? Nope. I think a lot of people were expecting Mephasa's death, but that was a close ninth or tenth, whatever. I am going to go... Close ninth, tenth out of five? Yeah, oh, man. I once... Once I started trying to figure out, like, well, how do I want it to do it? And, you know, uh, my, my options started opening up. It's like, was it just a, a death that was really cool? Uh, a death that was impactful? But, yeah. Um, I'm going to go with uh, The Rose from A Little Prince. The Little Prince. That was an amazing movie altogether. It was um, a lot of views that I've kind of always hold. Um, it, it's a very... Buddhist perspective, so some of the philosophies, the you know, the letting go, the there's like two different stories going on in one, you know, the relationship between like the little girl and the old man. He's telling the story of the little prince and his rose, and this little prince lives on this little planet, and he pretty much travels to try to find himself and and grow and you know expand and then he comes back to visit the rose and the rose is a little jealous and um at the end uh the prince kind of forgets himself and then refines himself and remembers the rose due to the little girl 
uh, with the clashing of the stories. And she, you know, she's like, "What about your rose? What about your rose?" And the rose finally dies, and he he feels crushed. And then, as the sun comes over the planet again, there's all these little roses, and yeah, it was a beautiful scene. I cried like a baby. I believe it. I've never seen that movie. Check it out. Is it on Netflix? It is. Okay. Or was. It is. You said it's a cartoon? Yeah. It's a, like a Pixar-ish. It might be Pixar. Is it newer? Yeah, it's probably within like the last five years or so. I and say. I'm assuming the only reason you watch it is because of your daughters? No, I actually really liked it. Yes. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I actually try to... Uh, Son of a bee. <laughs> Can't say that. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's that's my five, my fifth, okay. my cinco, my cinque. One, two, three, four, five. So my fifth one kind of goes back to what I think we were talking about at the beginning. Um, what we talked about before. Mine is not a human that dies, rather a pet, um, and that's from the classic Tom Hanks movie Turner and Hooch. When Hooch dies at the end, um, that was. Really a sad one and another first for me. That's like the first movie I remember where an animal really dies. Like not ba- – I don't include Bambi. I didn't include, you know, things Bambi I watched as a kid like die. the animated things or what, like his mom dying. The artist just stopped yeah. drawing the, the mom. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, I mean for, for what Turner and Hooch is being a comedy movie – yeah, you know, again, seeing this for the first time when I was a little kid back before Internet and spoilers and stuff like that. Here, I think I'm watching this comedy movie about a, a guy and this dog that's destroying his house and stuff like that. That he real life hits. Yeah. Then he, he like he starts to like enjoy the dog and, you know, they become good friends and man's best friend. And then at the end, the dog jumps in front of Tom Hanks when Craig T. Nelson's trying to shoot him. And takes a bullet to save Tom Hanks and whatnot. And then, you know, that's like you said, when real life hits you. And he has to take the dog to the vet where they're doing an emergency, trying to save it. And then ah, just the emotions on Tom Hanks, like crying. And, I mean, Tom Hanks was amazing in that scene. And it was all practical. They had to really do it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like – it's a, you, as a kid, I'm thinking, all right, there's no way this dog's going to die. They're not going to kill an animal in this. He's going to pull through. And then all of a sudden, she, like, looks at him and shakes her head. Like, no, he didn't make it. And then Tom Hanks breaks down. I'm like, wow. Like, that that was rough. I, I remember our, our I, we had a dog at the time, and I hugged the shit out of it when we were done. It's like, don't you take a bullet for me. You, you prefer Turner Hooch over Turner and Hooch 2? There's not a second one, is it's there? It's called Marley and Me, but. Oh. Yeah, I, but uh, I did. I did like though at the end how he had another dog that was like Hooch that had longer ears and stuff. So I was like, "All right, you knocked me down, but you got me back up a little bit with it." So um, that was my number five pick. I think, um, like I said, that was the first animal death that really messed with me. More than Artax? Yes. Fuck you. No, <laughs> secretly, no one really likes horses. They just show their economic status by having horses. Yeah. How's, how's that bottle of Elmer's glue that you're using? <laughs> to, oh, oh okay. That's what horses become when they die. <laughs> yeah, or Taco Bell meat, one of the two. 
good and good for you. It definitely is not. If they if they keep it on the fucking menu when for more than a week, your organs you become part of their spirit. <laughs> All right, Lonnie. What's your and I I changed one? my number five. Like, as we were discussing things. Like, it's diaper? So it's not Donnie Darko? It's not Donnie Darko oh. anymore, no. Uh, my last one is Alice, uh, Andrea King, from Friday the 13th, Part 2. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Um, Because she was the first person that I realized no one is safe in horror. You figure the heroine from the first movie is somewhat safe. But the, she was completely murdered within five minutes of the second movie. Yeah. So, like, that's at that age and that scene, that's when you realize that absolutely no one is safe in that franchise or in, in horror movies. So that's, like, a, that's a big impact on you, too. It's, like, when you're first getting into the genre or getting into that franchise, it's, like, wow, okay. Now what can I expect? Like, everyone dies. Like, no one is safe now. That that one really touches a special place. Keep your sexual joke to yourself, <laughs> Justin. Um, that death is the very first death I remember ever watching in a horror movie, and that death is what got me into the horror genre. Right. Um, the ice pick to the freaking side of the temple. Yeah. Uh, that... That st- stuck with me, and it's like it it scarred me, but it definitely opened my world up. Right. And, wow, that's a good one. And you just – you don't expect it. No, not at all. You expect, like, her to be – like, you – you sure, she's expected to die, but not so quick. And then, like, with Scream, when Wes Craven made Scream, having someone so popular – as Drew Barrymore die within the first couple minutes, like it just goes back to that theory of thought, like, oh, she's a main actress and she's in this this lower budget movie. She can't possibly die. So, oh fuck, she's dead. Kind of like, like it puts you on your head to start. Like Samuel Jackson and Dwayne Johnson in uh, that one movie where they just die at the beginning. What was that movie? Uh, they get blown up. I don't know. With Mark Wahlberg and, and Will Ferrell. Uh, Get Shorty? No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be cops. I know what you're talking about, though. You've never done a, a desk pop? Never mind. Well. That went nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your chir- cr- chirping crickets? You talking about these? Yep. There it is. That's for me. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, that was a good one to end on. I like yeah. that one. And yeah, I love I love those things. But yeah, good episode, fellas. That was our goth episode. That was our goth episode. Not very gothy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well Dark like my heart. I, I one next three, episode will be episode three. nine and I'm gonna be in charge of that one. I'm gonna try a little something different here as we're going off. I'm gonna let the listeners listener Listen, or un- understand. <laughs> Why did that take me so long? To, <laughs> to what we're going to, I'm going to tell you every topic we're talking about the next episode. So we are going to be talking about the cinematic experience and how it has changed over the years and evolved or devolved. Uh, we're going to talk about the importance of shopping local. 
We're also going to have a game that I'll throw together for you guys, a quick one. We're going to uh, do a movie review on a documentary that we were just introduced to last week Amazing. called At the uh, At the Drive-In, about the, one of the last remaining drive-in movies. Do we movies still have that popcorn? Oh, oh yeah. I'm sure we could. Awesome. He can and almost taste the cocaine. Our ma- <laughs> <laughs> That's our, why it's got the pop. Speaking of, kind of along those lines, our main topic is going to be uh, – Medical marijuana and our opinions on if it should be legalized, keeping in mind that the three of us are straight edge. So that'll be an interesting one for our episode 009. And I'm also going to tell you guys this. On our next episode, I'm going to tell you guys for episode 10, 10th episode, we're going to celebrate. We're going out of studio, and I've got a surprise lined up for you guys for our first on. Hey, hey, no, no, no. You're not allowed to do surprises. Oh, That's I, my thing. Oh, no. I'm doing it. Number 10 is a, it's a big episode. We made it that far. So <laughs> FDA hasn't shut us down yet. We're, we're going to be going on location for something fun and exciting. So I will tell you guys what it is on our next episode. All right. Everybody, have a lovely night. That was weak. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, take two. <laughs> <laughs>